This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Tools for Trails, because tough trails need tough tools. They offer a wide variety of high-quality tools and accessories for trail building that are tested and proven by industry leaders. Tools include the ProHo 70H, a curved hickory-handled tool with a head welded directly to the ferrule. And for trail planning, there's the Sunto PM5 66PC clinometer. And for a limited time, Tool for Trails is offering listeners 30% off any order. So visit toolsfortrails.com slash discount slash podcast and get your organization stocked up for the trail building season. You're listening to Frontlines, a podcast for the people that truly make mountain biking happen. Not the riders, racers, or product designers, but the builders, advocates, and the often forgotten board members of your local mountain bike trail association. We're back two weeks earlier than expected, and this episode is coming out a bit later in the day than I usually like to launch. I thought that in the light of the changing and evolving world that we are now facing, it would be best to check in with the Frontline's audience and hear from some past guests. Now, the turnaround time on this episode was the fastest I've ever had. I asked for audio yesterday. Uh, Thank you to everybody who sent it in. And I wrote, recorded, and edited all of this this morning. Uh, with a full house as well, my partner home from work and, and my son not in daycare. So I apologize in advance for any background noise. In light of COVID-19, it feels a bit strange to say this, but some things do remain the same. I'm still your host, Brian Hillier, and this is episode 73 of Frontlines. I asked this question yesterday on the advocates of the Frontlines of MTB Facebook group. What steps has your organization taken to address the COVID-19 pandemic? The first step that I think all of us have taken is canceling our events. Here's a longtime friend and supporter of the podcast, Susie Murphy, executive director of the San Diego Mountain Biking Association. Hi, Frontline friends. This is Susie Murphy with the San Diego Mountain Biking Association. Hope everyone is doing okay. Here we have uh, canceled one event that was scheduled for May, a smaller fundraiser. Our big uh, archipelago ride, which was to be held on April 4th, uh, is pending. We're waiting uh, two or three weeks to see if we can push the date back to the fall. Uh, Too hard to make a decision right now when everything is so fluid. Uh, We already have... Registrate over 500 registrations for that ride. So, uh, we need to try to carry on. Uh, we have another event in the fall, our Mount Laguna Trail Fest, and that we're just kind of on hold right now to see what happens. Uh, other than that, all trail work, uh, smaller events and group rides have been canceled. Uh, our trails coordinator, uh, is able to go out with small groups of, um, some interns and trail crew leaders we have. With social distancing and as long as it's okay with the land manager to try to do some work because we have this amazing rain right now and the dirt is awesome. So we're going to try to just get things done with a skeleton crew uh, and go from there. Anyway, hope everyone is doing well and um, is the best that can be expected. And I would love to hear from other people about what you're doing about events and uh, projected uh, issues as this carries on. Thanks all. Thanks, Susie. 
Now, when I get down to Sea Otter, I always get a chance to catch up with Susie in person. That event in Monterey, California was canceled very early on and has been rescheduled to October 1st to 4th. Now, just last night, Thursday, March 19th, California Governor Gavin Newsom issued a statewide order for all residents to stay home. Here's an excerpt from the governor's press conference. I have long believed that the future is not just something to experience. It's something to manifest, uh, that our fate and future is inside of us. It's decisions at the end of the day, not conditions that determine that fate and future. We're not victims of circumstance. We can make decisions to meet moments. And this is a moment we need to make tough decisions. This is a moment where we need some straight talk and we need to tell people uh, the truth. We need to bend the curve in the state of California. And in order to do that, we need to recognize the reality. The fact is, the experience we're having on the ground throughout the state of California, the experience that's manifesting all across the United States, and for that matter, around the rest of the world, require us to adjust our thinking and to adjust our activities. In the state of California, many people are very familiar uh, with these adjustments. A number of days ago, there were six Bay Area counties that led with stay-at-home orders. Uh, now, as I speak, some 21.3 million Californians reside in a community, in a city and or county that have similar orders. A state as large as ours, a nation state, uh, is many parts, but at the end of the day, we're one body. There's a mutuality and there's a recognition of our interdependence that requires of this moment that we direct a statewide order for people to stay at home. That directive goes into force and effect this evening, and we were confident, we are confident that the people of the state of California will abide by it. They'll do the right thing. They'll meet this moment. They'll step up, as they have, over the course of the last number of weeks to protect themselves, to protect them fam their families, and to protect the broader community uh, in this great state and the world that we reside in. I have confidence in that. I have confidence because I've seen it every single day. We've seen it in cities large and small. People still doing essential work. People still providing essential services. People still going out to the grocery store to get food, walking their dogs, practicing social distancing. Uh, nonetheless, when they're out in the streets, uh, people still getting their medicine. People still going about doing the kind of essential work that is required to meet this moment. The order provides for all of that, just as these other orders that have been put into place in cities large and small across the state have afforded. Uh, I don't believe that the people of California need to be told through law enforcement uh, that it's appropriate just to home isolate, protect themselves, go about the essential, essential patterns of life, but do so by socially distancing themselves from others and do so uh, using your common sense. I heard from Susie yesterday morning. That announcement from the governor in her state came last night. That really speaks to the speed of how things are evolving. At this point, with a stay-at-home order, trail days of any sort are no longer happening. Now, for those of us living somewhere that does not have a stay-home order, there's still that possibility of, of trail days. But social distancing measures must be maintained, and that's something I want to discuss further. But first, internally, our organizations can still operate, and perhaps still need to. The trails are still being used. Many of us have staff that are depending on us for a paycheck, 
And most importantly, this will come to an end and we will get back to normal, even if that normal is a new version of normal. Here's Joe Vatabon-Core, president of the Shawamigan Area Mountain Bike Association, also known as CAMBA. Hi, Brent. It's Joe Vatabon-Core from CAMBA uh, here in Wisconsin. Uh, replying to your request for what are trail groups doing about COVID-19 virus situation. Uh, we're doing a bunch of stuff. Uh, difficult time, difficult time, uh, thing to talk about. Uh, but uh, a couple of things. If, if you start with internal, what are we doing? Well, first thing we've done is we've moved all meetings, uh, regardless of what they are, from marketing meetings, event meetings, Board meetings, finance meetings, uh, everything has moved from in-person to online uh, so that we are not exposing any of our either staff or volunteers to uh, potential uh, virus exposure by being in the same room with people. Um, it's uh, challenging at times, certainly easier to get things done in person, but uh, doing it online feels safer for everybody involved. It is safer for sure. Um, we have a couple of areas that we're paying attention to. We have some events planned that we're watching very, very closely. Uh, fundraising events, rider clinics, uh, races, uh, work days on the trails. Uh, we're a month or so away from any of those because we're underneath snow now and we'll deal with mud season uh, in between there. Um, and we'll make decisions on postponing, canceling those events based on the most stringent uh, guidelines that are available to us at the time, uh, probably about two weeks ahead of each one, we'll make a final decision there. Um, we have some moral, possibly moral challenges to, that we're struggling with. Uh, we're a huge destination area in a small community. Uh, our riders come from cities in neighboring states and in Wisconsin. Uh, and so we feel we have an obligation to our local community, the business community, the restaurants, uh, entertainment, etc. Um, but we also have an uh, obligation to our rider community and, and members out there, um, and of course a much larger obligation to the to society overall. Uh, and so we've been, you know, watching closely, trying to steer people towards being here but not being exposed to people uh, and not exposing anybody who lives locally to something. Um, and that's been a challenge because uh, on the one hand, you, you might want to say, well, just shut the trails down to not be part of the draw, bringing people here. Uh, but if, on the other hand, uh, it's going to be challenging for everybody in this town to make it through all of this. Uh, but most of all, I, I think, what I have uh, tried to do and am trying to do is uh, communicate vigorously to everybody, to uh, local community, communicate to our members wherever they're located. Uh, we're doing that via all all of our channels: uh, Facebook, newsletters, um, signage, uh, any way we can. Uh, telling people, yeah, get out in the woods, um, but be safe. Uh, do not. Uh, violate the six-foot rule, uh, spend some money in a local business, but uh, do it if you can without um, risking exposing anybody. That's a pretty long answer to your simple question. hope that helps. Cheers. Joe brought up that he's still in the snow, and, and that will be the case for many. 
Past guest Joshua Rebinock of the Cuyuna Lakes mountain bike crew in Minnesota referred to it as the quote-unquote melty season, and that their fat bike trails are closing after this weekend. Something else that Joe brings up is the prevention of having visitors travel to your community. The Southeast Utah Health Department has issued a public health order in Grand Carbon and Emory counties. All camping is prohibited and all hotels and Airbnbs are shut down to non-locals. The city of Squamish in British Columbia, Canada has said that they are closed to all visitors and to not come. So as it stands, two of the biggest mountain bike destinations, Moab and Squamish, are essentially closed. When it comes to trail days and any trail work, we need to be very careful. Keeping everyone separated by six feet or two meters is very challenging. The other big thing to consider is that when we do trail work, we inevitably share tools, and this can't happen right now. It's my personal opinion that this is just not possible. On Wednesday, I led a small trail day, and it became apparent very quickly how stupid that was. I canceled my other trail days over the next two weeks and will not be doing any trail work with anyone but immediate family. Now, obviously, you need to make your own decision on this, but please give it thought. Here's Eleanor Blick, Senior Communication and Advocacy Manager at the International Mountain Bicycling Association. Getting out on the trails is tremendously valuable. Trails bring us together, but to keep each other safe, we must keep our distance. How can our community navigate this challenge? First and foremost, refer to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention for Best Practices, as well as guidelines from your state and local governments. Then, as appropriate, Cautiously take advantage of local trails and outdoor spaces, unless you are feeling ill. We will all benefit from fresh air. To keep our distance on the trails, please cancel, postpone, or reschedule upcoming events, including races, trail work, and group rides, until there are new government directives. For now, let's ride in very small groups, keep our distance, and enjoy our trails close to home. Stay local and ride within your skill limits to minimize the strain on healthcare facilities. To pass users on the trail while applying social distance, stay alert, slow down, and communicate with each other from a distance about how to proceed. With gyms and rec centers closing, there may be new users on the trails. It's a great time for community education on responsible riding and for being patient, exemplary stewards. Keeping the trails open to locals is important. The weather in Vancouver has been amazing right now, and I've been out on the bike a lot. The trails are actually crowded, and because of that, we need to be very careful. I'd like to highlight something that Eleanor mentioned. We need to be riding well within our abilities. As this virus gets worse, which if Italy and Spain are indicators, this virus will get worse, our healthcare systems are going to be at or over capacity very soon. And it is inappropriate to take healthcare resources away to mend anyone's broken arm. And in Italy and Spain, cycling has been banned for all things except for simply just going around the corner to grab a loaf of bread or getting some milk. Any recreation cycling right now is not allowed. Personally, I'm riding blue trails and going slower than normal. My son Emerson is asking to have his training wheels taken off, and we're waiting to do so. Now That conversation has been challenging to have, but we're working on it. If anybody has any advice on how to explain a pandemic to a three-year-old, I welcome it. (laughs) Now, as organizations, I think our messaging for the unforeseeable future should be to listen to the advice of health officials and government. And if both of those allow us to get out for solo bike rides, then we need to be constantly communicating to our members and the public to stay safe right now. 
Now, I've already seen some great videos and posts expressing this, and please share those my way. As for future episodes, I work in the outdoor recreation industry in both the summer and winter. And because of this, I'm currently unemployed, beyond this podcast, really. So you can expect a new episode every other Friday, like always. Episode 74 will be a return to our conversation regarding e-mountain bikes, but with a refreshing perspective. We'll be hearing more from Joe Vadabancor, president of the Shawamigan Area Mountain Bike Association, and his experience of coming from the bicycle industry into the world of advocacy. This episode of the podcast was recorded on the traditional territory of the Tsleil-Waututh, Squamish, Musqueam, and Stolo nations. If you're curious to learn about the traditional territory that you occupy and recreate on, then visit native-lands.ca. Like always, you can find the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FrontlinesMTB. You can also join the Facebook group at Advocates on the Frontlines of MTB. And you can send me an email or audio file to info at FrontlinesMTB.com. You can stream the show on Mountain Bike Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you haven't done so already, leave a review on wherever you get the show. It helps others find the podcast. And if you have the means, don't forget to support the show via PayPal. You can find a link in the show notes. Thank you to everyone who sent me audio and a huge thanks to Tools for Trails. Visit toolsfortrails.com slash discount slash podcast and receive 30% off any order. Music, as always, is by Lee Rosevere. Production notes by my superhero librarian wife, Jennifer Pride, who now more than ever demands that we check our sources on that thing you just read about. Our work is created by Brandon Gallagher-Watson and BGW Creative. And a big thanks to Ben Welnack and the team at Mountain Bike Radio for their continued support. And finally, I'm Brent Hillier. This is Frontlines. Thanks for listening and stay safe.